Well, good morning uh, again. <laughs> so, um, our reading from the scripture this morning comes from Job chapter 42. Then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that you can do all things, and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. Who is this that hides counsel with knowledge? Therefore I have uttered what I did not understand, things too wonderful for me, which I did not know. Hear, and I will speak. I will question you and make it known to me. I had heard of you by the hearing sees you. The word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, would you now speak uh, by your word to us so that we might receive what you have for us this morning. Open our hearts and still our minds um, to be receptive to your leading and your holiness. We ask it in Christ's name. Amen. Well, welcome to, as has been said, the fourth Sunday in the season of Lent. Lent is a season for lamenting the brokenness in the world, specifically the brokenness in us that is leading us into death and dead things. But Lent is also a time for expectant hope. It's a time for hope because we trust and know by faith that this present drowning that we are all enduring in the here and now will be and is be turning into a baptism by God. That's what God is doing throughout our lives and it's what he's doing throughout the Lenten season, turning our sorrow into joy and making our dark night yield to the dawn. We've seen glimpses of that already this morning in dedicating new little babies, little bundles of joy and light, evidence that God is still giving new life, that he hasn't given up on this lamentable and broken place. And we're about to see yet another evidence of that because today is a fifth Sunday, you may have noticed. It is March 31st. And on fifth Sundays at the Painted Door, we have a children's service wherein we welcome all of the children into the sanctuary with us for the ministry of the Word. So if you are a child here sitting so quietly and pleasantly under the age of 10, I want to invite you to come forward and sit in these front rows right here. Children under the ages of 10, can you come down and sit in these front rows right here. Make your way down. Your parents have to release you. It's a bit scary to do, I know. Your parenting, or lack thereof, will be on full display for the next 12 minutes-ish. All right, make your way down. Oh, wonderful. We have a great group here today. Yeah, some can fill in over here if there's not enough space in these two sections. Okay, now we're getting surrounded. Now I'm getting a little concerned. My parenting is going to be on display. Now the reason we do this, the reason why we have children's Sundays every fifth Sunday in a given month, is not just so that our children's volunteers can have a rest, though they certainly deserve one. Our reasoning is actually much more to begin to build a culture into our church, and the reason is threefold. Firstly, we want all of you to know that you really, really matter in our church family. Okay, it is very important that you are a part of our church family, and we're very thankful that you are a part of our church family. And so we want you to sit in the place of honor 
and to hear directly from all of us as we minister the word collectively to you. Okay? Secondly, we want you all to learn how to receive God's word through preaching. Because God has always seen fit to minister his word through preaching. That's one of the important ways that he does so. And so we want you all very much to be learning that and growing in that. And then third, really for the sake of all of us, we want to highlight and demonstrate that it is the same gospel that nourishes everyone, no matter our size, no matter our age, even if we're really, really, really small, or really, really, really big, I can just do that without even putting my arms out, really, really, really big, it's the same gospel that nourishes us all. Okay? And so with that, little ones, I brought something very, very special for you all this morning. Something really, 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 really amazing. Something that when I pull it out of my pocket, you are all going to freak out because it's the most... Wait. I lost it. Have you ever done that? Have you ever lost something that was really, really special to you? Anybody ever experienced that? Anybody ever lose something? I know you lose things all the time, Oz. I have them all. They're in my bedroom. <laughs> You've lost something, Micah? What'd you lose? A library book. A library book. And how did that make your mom feel? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What happens when you lose something? How do you feel when you lose something that's really special? Yeah, Ronnie. Sad. You feel sad, right? When you lose something really special. Did you lose something, Bodhi? No, no, you just thought you'd put your hand up in the air. That's a good plan. <clears throat> we feel sad when we lose things, right? And losing things is a part of our life, and it makes us feel really, really sad. When I was a boy, many, many years ago, I lost the first bike that I ever owned. I remember the bike very well. It was an orange bike, and it had a blue seat, and it had blue pedals, and it had blue handlebars, and it had gray tires, and I used to love to ride that bike all around my neighborhood. Really, we just lived on a dead-end street, so it wasn't much of a neighborhood. But at the end of our street was a giant field, and past the field was a giant forest, and next to the forest was a giant golf course, and next to the golf course was an old abandoned neighborhood full of houses that no one lived in anymore. And there were untold treasures to be discovered with the simple breaking of a window. And I used to love to ride my bike all through those areas. And I would ride my bike with my brother and my sister and all of the neighborhood kids. And there were only a couple of kids in the neighborhood that didn't have bikes. And I was always thankful that I wasn't one of those kids because they were always running behind, kind of left behind, and the rest of us were out in front exploring and having all that fun together. I remember there was a steep grass hill next to the field, and I used to ride my bike down that hill as fast as I could and then shoot through the gap in the bushes back onto our street without noticing whether a car was coming. It was the best. It was the absolute best. And then... One day, my bike was just gone. 
I don't know what happened to it. Maybe I left it somewhere. Maybe I left it in the golf course. We used to ride out on the golf course. The golfers would chase us. Maybe I left it there. Maybe somebody stole it. I really don't know. But my bike was gone. How do you think that made me feel? Yeah. It made me feel sad. Yeah, it did. Because the next time we had to go play, now I was one of those kids who was running behind. I was one of those kids that couldn't keep up with everyone else. Right? And it made me feel really sad. When we lose things, it makes us feel sad. Did you know there's a story in the Bible about a man who lost everything? I lost a bike, and that made me feel sad. This man lost all of his animals, and he had hundreds of animals. He lost his business, so he lost all of his money. He lost his health. He got really, really sick. And he even lost his own children. If I got really sad from losing a bike, how do you think this man, Job, felt when he lost everything? How do you think he felt, Bodhi? Yeah, even sadder than me, right? <laughs> even sadder than me, that's right. And so Job started to pray to God because when we get really sad, that's a good thing to do. Job started to talk to God. And then you know what he said to God? He said, God, why did you let this happen? Why did you let me lose everything that's mine? He said, did I do something wrong? Are you punishing me? And you know what God said? God said, no, Job. I'm not punishing you. I'm not punishing you for doing anything wrong. God said, now I am going to show you myself in a way that you have never known before. God said, now that you're really sad, now that your heart is broken, I'm going to show you myself in a way that you've never known before. See, Job really loved God. Job really loved God. But Job had only heard about God. Job had heard the stories of God. He'd heard the stories about God being beautiful and gracious and kind. But Job had never seen God. He'd never known God in that kind of deeper way. And did you know that when we get sad, when we lose something, when our hearts break over losing something, that is when God begins to show us who he is in a way that we've never seen him before. And so God began to show himself to Job in a way Job had never seen him before. Do you know why that is? Do you know why God shows himself more when we're sad and brokenhearted? Why do you think, Bodhi? That's a great answer. You're obviously a pastor's kid. Um, Micah, yeah. To cheer him up, okay, yeah, that's not a bad answer, yeah. Why might God show himself more when we're sad and brokenhearted? Let me ask you this. Has God ever been sad and brokenhearted? You don't think so? You don't think so? Has God ever lost anything? Yes? What did he lose, Levi? Chloe, what did he lose? 
He lost his own son, right? You know the story. The Lord Jesus, God's own son, he left heaven, came to the earth. He lived a life here. And then what happened? He was hurt very badly and killed. Right, Levi? Is that what you were going to say? Oh, don't jump ahead. Don't jump ahead. We're in Lent. <laughs> You're exactly right. But God experienced that, didn't he? He experienced losing his own son. See, God knows what it is to be brokenhearted. God knows what it is to lose something. So when Job was brokenhearted, when Job lost everything, God was very much like Job in that way. They were both fathers who had lost a child. And so God and Job began to connect in a deeper way than they had connected before Job lost anything. Do you know what Job then prayed at the end of the story of Job? He prayed, God, I had heard of you by the hearing of the ear. God, I'd known you because I'd heard about you, but now my eye sees you. See, when we lose things, when our hearts break, we can actually begin to see more of God and connect into more of God. Every time our hearts break, they become more like the shape of God's heart. Now, I still don't know what happened to my old bike. Do any of you know what happened to my old bike? Have any idea where it is? No, you don't. You're making that up. You have no idea where it is. This was over 20 years ago that I lost this bike. And I have no idea where it is. But I still remember it. I remember it quite well. And so even though I lost this bike, there's still something about it that lives in me. Right? It still has a place in my heart. There's still some affection for it in me, in my heart, inside of me. I still have a little bit of that bike. When God lost Jesus, did he really lose him? No. Why not? Because he loved his son so much. And his love for Jesus went on living right there in his broken heart. Did you know that that's where love lives? Did you know that the purest kind of love that we can ever see and know in the here and now is the love that lives in a broken heart. When you cry because you've lost something or someone, that's because you love that. That's because God has given you love for his creation, for others, for one another. And that love lives in that broken-hearted place. What happened, Levi already gave us the answer, but what happened to Jesus after he died? Levi, you get to answer now. What happened to Jesus after he died? He came back to life, right? How did that happen? It was the love of God in the broken heart of God that raised Jesus back to life. You know what that means? You know what that means for us? It means that the love that we have for things or people that we have lost 
the love that we have that lives in our broken hearts, if it's the love of God, it will be bringing back to us everything that we have lost. The love that we have for the things that we have lost is a real love that holds on to lost things. We know that Jesus actually went to the place where lost things go. Jesus knows where my old bike is. Jesus knows where everything that we have lost is. And he went there to bring the love of God there because it's the love of God that pulls everything back out of the lost place. It's the love of God that makes every sad thing come untrue. So we can know that because we can see it happened in Jesus, right? But we can also know it because God gives us little signs that he is still in the life-giving business, that he hasn't given up on restoring and giving new life. We saw some of those little signs today, right? New little babies, a sign from God. At the end of the story of Job, Job is given more animals and a new business and more children. I still remember on my 11th birthday, my dad drove me to Angle Lake Cyclery and bought me a brand new BMX bike. God gives us little signs that he is going to restore what he has lost, what we have lost. You remember when we started, I told you I had something special for you all, but I'd lost it. But I think maybe I just found it. <laughs> and if you find me after service, I will share what's in here with all of you. Listen to what this really amazing lady, Anne Lamott, says. She says, You will lose someone you can't live without, and your heart will be badly broken, and the bad news is that you never completely get over the loss of your beloved. But this is also the good news. They live forever in your broken heart. Let's pray. Father, every one of us here knows the heartache of loss. Some of us, that's a memory. Some of us are presently in that deep place of longing. Some of us will know it soon in the days to come. I pray for your spirit of healing to be among us. That your healing would be for each of these little ones over the course of their lives as they experience loss. And that you would hide your love in our broken hearts. Teach us to love in that pure way, in the way that you love, with expectation and hope that everything lost will be found. We ask it in Christ's name. Amen.